everybody. Welcome to episode 30 of the Drop Everything Now podcast. And the intro might sound a little different today because this is a little bit of a different episode. Um, Steph and I are so busy with the end of the year and the crazy times that happen with the holiday. So um, it's just me today. It's just one of the Stephs. And it's really because so much has happened in the last couple weeks, actually week in general, that I wanted to talk about, um, specifically around your losing me coming on streaming and all of the absolute chaos that um, Jackie Antonoff caused. So I wanted to get on here and kind of talk through some of that and more so really coming back to the Midnight's album um, and thinking about it in terms of our new timeline and new info on our timeline and how is maybe more of a breakup album than any of us ever thought. So this will probably be a quick episode um, because it's just me and, and I don't know how to carry a conversation with just myself. I mean, I do it pretty well in general on a day-to-day basis because my cats don't answer me, but um, we're going to see how this goes because I really felt like I wanted to talk about it after listening to Midnight's um, again and revisiting it and thinking about all these new different timelines. Um, I guess I'll start with the information on the timeline. So Taylor Swift became the top artist, uh, streaming artist on Spotify this year. So she released You're Losing Me uh, from the vault onto streaming services. So obviously everybody freaked out. It's one of my favorite songs. I love this song so much. And, you know, everybody was super pumped to have it. And then Jack Antonoff, decided to post a picture in celebration of your losing me coming out with the info on the date they wrote that, which is December, was it December 5th, 2021 is when they wrote it. Now, Midnight's didn't come out till November, 2022. Joe and Taylor didn't break up until, or at least it wasn't announced until spring-ish, early spring, 2023. And we saw pictures of them together in early January and February of 2023. Everybody, or at least maybe me (laughs) and maybe some others, I was thinking mid or or you're losing me was sort of, you know, from the vault, but in a way was written after midnights, if that makes sense. Like I'm sure they were struggling, but for me, I thought it must maybe was written at some point in 2022 when maybe towards the end of the year when they were having some trouble obviously midnight was already finished and out so that's why it became the vault track that she released kind of special off to the side um once they officially were announced as a breakup to be like here's what happened guys i don't know why this made so like this made so much sense to me and like granted i think it made sense to me that they were probably struggling, right? For longer than we knew because they've been together for so long and it's hard to like just be like, I'm going to throw this out at the first sign of trouble. But knowing now that she wrote that a f- almost a year and a half before we before they announced their breakup is way longer than I even thought was possible. I didn't think they would have been struggling for that long, but in a way... It makes you rethink the whole timeline, right? Like it makes you rethink folklore and evermore. So you have folklore and evermore, which arguably she was writing, obviously not about herself, about different stories and stuff. But then you have songs on there like, like tolerate it that with this new information on your losing me makes you think about it again. 
and think about, wow, she is so good. And and I do believe she is probably an empath, you know, and can, can feel the feelings even if she hasn't experienced them herself. But tolerate it. Thinking about it now, it's like, man, maybe they were struggling then too. And and that's why she could hit so deep with some of those lyrics. And, I'm, and, and I think about tolerate specifically because I think about Invisible String on Folklore and how both of them have a reference to barbed wire. So in Invisible String, which is a love song that we clearly believe was about Joe. I mean, it is. The yogurt shop, all these different things. Waitress said she looks, you know, whatever. This is one about herself in the folklore evermore, period. So the something wrapped all of my past mistakes in barbed wire. Chains around my demons will to brave the seasons. One single thread of gold tied me to you. And then in Tolerate It, you were the man who threw blankets over my barbed wire. I always knew like there was like both of those barbed wire lyrics, right? Because it's very specific. Um, We're in each of those songs. But I I kind of just thought she liked the wording, like similar to how we've seen Casually Cruel in, in two different songs. And to be fair, that very well could be the case. She just liked to use that metaphor. But we also know that she's so specific in metaphors she uses for certain people. Or like if she uses something again, it's about the same. Like when you think of gold, how she always would tie that to Joe. Like love songs with the color gold represented. So then it just makes me think of Invisible String and Tolerate It, both using barbed wire being like, oh shoot, did she have more of a direct reference or or feeling to Tolerate It than we even knew? And I guess I should also just say before I get any deeper into Midnight's and the Midnight's of it all. I understand, like, I'm not trying to rewrite history in terms of what she said Midnight's is about. Midnight's she framed as songs or things that kept me up in the night throughout my history. And I fully, fully believe that that is what Midnight's is about. Like, and I do think the re-recordings and dredging up things that she hasn't revisited in so long could definitely bring back thinking about those sleepless nights you had and the reasons you had them. But more and more, and especially knowing that You're Losing Me was written in the same exact time that the rest of Midnight's was written, it does make me feel like pieces of her revisiting her past led to her also thinking about her current situation and where her future might be and realizing that maybe Joe wasn't going to be in it anymore. And and I think a lot of people go through that feeling of in a relationship, if you're in a long-term relationship or whatever it might be, sometimes it's hard to let go of it. Sometimes you know, okay, this person probably is not my future or my forever, but I, should I pull the plug? Is it time? Like, what if it gets better? What if we like, remember the good times we did have, like it could get better. It could get better. And I think she was going through that probably a long time probably the last few years, especially knowing that You're Losing Me was written in 2021, at the end of 2021. And obviously, she kept it off Midnight's originally. And I think it's mainly because she wanted to say, hey, this like I don't want to put this out there because I'm still thinking in my brain that maybe it's not completely over. Maybe we do have another shot. Like maybe this can be fixed. So that's kind of the gist of what I'm thinking about in Midnight's. I do fully believe that it is still about Midnight's of her past or Sleepless Nights of her past. And she's thinking about them again, especially since of all all these re-recordings. But I do think she's looking at it in a 
sort of from her current state, a melancholy way and not necessarily from a, I am so happy. Let's revisit this, but almost like a, am I happy? Do I need to revisit when I was unhappy before and maybe see if this is a similar, you know, thing? I I just, the, I can't believe it was written in 2021. That still drives me so crazy. And before we get into midnight, then let me, let's talk about Jack Antonoff. Um, so wild. (laughs) I can't believe he did that. Um, and also then a bunch of people were showing things that were coming out that like make, made it seem like Jack Antonoff maybe never really enjoyed Joe all that much. Um, I never even heard the anti-hero remix that bleachers did. And like, sometimes everybody, sometimes I feel like everybody is an art bro lately and I'm just judging on the hill too big to, or what? Oh my God. And then the famous baby talking shit about your famous baby like, whoa. And then also people were finding, um, in the long pond sessions, him like kind of like being like, wait, really? When she would mention that like Joe was the first one she, um, or Joe made the, the lyric of exile or whatever Betty in like one shot or something. So you could kind of see that like maybe everybody around her that was close to her saw the huge gaps and the red flags in their relationship. And maybe like, we're struggling to be happy for her in the last few months of, or months, years, whatever you want to call it, of their relationship. Because then even um, Keely Teller shared, you know, how you're losing these on streaming, like, thank God, finally. And then she liked a TikTok about um, the antihero lyrics from the Bleachers remix. So it makes me feel like maybe the people close to Taylor knew that this wasn't the forever relationship and were just kind of... <laughs> wanting her to express that or or to move on from it and then obviously once she released you're losing me on streaming for the world to interact with um it really helped to push them to be like yeah we were not fans and here's our subtle hints at maybe not being fans obviously this is all total speculation we have no clue um but it is interesting that he wanted to put it out there that that song was written way before they broke up. I don't know. It's just like, a, it's, it was such a weird week. It was such a weird <laughs> week. And then I'm not even going to get into tree pain coming for Dumois. There was so much in that, that I have such a problem with, um, from Dumois, not tree pain, obviously. And I think that might be a topic that Steph and I will cover the next time we talk. Cause this is really, I wanted to kind of this was really my revisit midnight's um, word vomit that we're experiencing today. Okay. So anyway, let's get back to midnight's then. So I'm not going to touch on every song. Um, I'm going to touch on some songs that I was listening to lately or, or in the last week or so that I was like, whoa, like now that I'm listening to this and now that we know you're losing me wasn't written right at the end of their relationship. I'm seeing this with a different light, right? So um, first we'll talk about Lavender Haze, but obviously that one we've all, we've all thought about that one already, right? We've all thought Lavender Haze was a love song sort of at first. And then once You're Losing Me came out, everybody kind of went through the, whoa, maybe this was just her talking herself into things that he wanted in a relationship that she was okay with and, and like making her almost convincing herself she was okay with not getting married or this or that. Like, I think, um, 
And then she deleted the voice, the voice or the, the TikTok about the lavender haze meaning. I mean, I know she did that a while ago, like after they broke up, but still like that almost makes me think that lavender haze is a little more cynical and not as love. We're in our love bubble as we thought. And you could kind of see it with the music video too. Like the music video is, is not like heartwarming. And that reminds me of one other thing I want to touch up, touch on on Midnight's as an album. I think there are songs on here about Joe and being happy. I do. I think when you're dragging a relationship on like that, there can be good days as much as there are bad days. And in those good days, you're probably thinking, this is going to work. We're going to make it through this I, and and we're going to be fine. And then there's the bad days that lead to other other songs and and feelings and thoughts that lead to some of these other songs we've gotten on midnight. So I'm not saying that like they were never happy in the last until like from when she wrote you're losing me to when they broke up. But I think she was allowing herself to be more critical of this relationship than maybe she had been in the past. And I think that's really a a good thing to do because then she wasn't stuck in her, this is going to work out mindset. It was okay. I'm looking at the good and the bad. So again, I think there are good things in here about Joe and like songs that she probably did write on good days or maybe reflecting on their good relationship um, when it was in their like, you know, honeymoon phase. But um, anyway, again, just just all my thoughts being word vomit because I'm steering a conversation by myself and I don't know how I am doing. But anyway, okay. So Lavender Haze, yeah, um, I have my thoughts on that. And then Maroon, I do truly believe Maroon is not. Well, I guess we could go back to Maroon potentially being a Cornelia Street counter and now looking at it at as they were struggling, like Maroon very well could be about Joe. Although she did mention in the, like when we were at the concert and in MetLife, when she played Maroon, she said it was about something like years and years ago. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave Maroon out of this for now, but did you, I did, oh, well, I actually do have to say like the, um, did you see in the, Oh my God, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. The post Jack Antonoff's picture where it had the rosé, on the counter, people looked it up and it was a screw top and it was called Gaslighter Rosé. Like, what is this? Like how, if that, I mean, I don't even know how that can be a coincidence, but if that was a coincidence, that is so, so insane. Um, But anyway, it does kind of remind me of like your cheap, your roommate's cheap ass screw top Rosé. But anyway, um, Antihero, I think we all know what that one's about and that is Taylor just herself. Snow on the Beach, hmm. Snow on the beach is interesting. I think it's a. I think it maybe was in the good days, honestly, and that's a, that's how I'm gonna have to go. You wanting me tonight feels impossible, but it's coming down. No sound. Snow on the beach. Like I think maybe it was sort of. So snow on the beach maybe kind of reminds me of glitch in a way. Glitch is obviously very much about Joe. She references 2,190 days of our love blackout, but she also references how it wasn't supposed to lead to that, right? We were supposed to be just friends. So Snow on the Beach almost feels maybe kind of in relation to the glitch feelings, like, wow, this is so weird that this is happening. And and like, seems like it shouldn't be happening, but it is, and I'm going to be in the moment with it and enjoy it. Can't speak afraid to jinx it. I don't even dare to to wish it. Can this be a real thing? Can it? Like, I do think... This was probably the early stages of Joe and 
um, similar to glitch where like, whoa, this probably, this is surprising me. Um, but we, we should explore it. Um, you're on your own kid. I'm skipping because we know that's really just Taylor herself, um, or Taylor centric, I should say. Midnight rain still feels like an interesting one because it's about the biggest takeaways I have in midnight rain are that like, she doesn't want to like he was ready for marriage and she wasn't, but you know, maybe, maybe that's from the early days. But again, uh, that could just be too much speculation in terms of like, it might just be more general. Like I'm still pushing my success. I don't want to settle down. Like I'm still in this. So I, you know, a, a more generic sort of vibe of like, I'm not done. Um, question Harry Styles not going to talk about it vigilante shit no okay the next two are kind of where I felt like I wanted to do this or the reasons I wanted to do this bejeweled and labyrinth so for bejeweled I think we all kind of had the thought right once they broke up and then when you're losing me came out that wow bejeweled could be about Joe but then in my head at least Yeah, like it could have been like like in my head back then before I knew the day they wrote you're losing me. I thought, yes, definitely could be about Joe. But again, I thought maybe that they weren't as rough for so long that I thought, no, not about Joe. Like it's probably just in general and and can definitely relate to Joe, especially as they ended up and, and why everybody thinks they ended up breaking up. Right. But I thought maybe I think we all thought it was maybe Calvin Harris. Um, but you know, now, now with the 2021, you're losing me recording date, it really could be about Joe. Like, and putting someone first only works when you're in their top five, by the way, I'm going out tonight, like bringing back herself, like the person she was before him. And I don't know, like it, it definitely, definitely, definitely can have a spin to being about Joe more, more now, um, than it was before. Oh, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, it still very much feels like a reference to the, the, the departure of her relationship with Calvin Harris, like definitely. But I could also see her potentially having current struggles with Joe that, that are feeling the same as what it was with Calvin Harris. And then maybe tapping into her current feelings being very similar to what it was then. And, and kind of being like, wow, you, you, I feel like I care way more than you do. And you're trying to dull my shine. And I think that was probably both of those relationships that it was happening in. So I, I think, um, and especially, you know, with you're losing me, like fight, do something, fight for me, but clearly just kind of tolerating her. Ooh, I said it, tolerating her. Um, okay. Labyrinth. Now <laughs> let's all forget or put aside the new feelings we have for labyrinth, right? Because um, she sang it basically right before Travis Kelsey was going to her show as a surprise song and um, clearly looked extremely happy singing it. So I am obviously going to think of Labyrinth in a new lovely light from now on. But this one, when I was listening to it this past week, really hit me as whoa, 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 could be could be about Joe, but more specifically, like about Joe in their current situation and their current struggles they were having. And by the way, whenever I'm referencing current, obviously I think we all know I mean like during the creation of Midnight's. It only hurts this much right now was what I was thinking the whole time. Breathe in, breathe through, breathe deep, breathe out. I'll be getting over you my whole life. I feel like 
that could, I mean, I don't know, again, maybe similar to what we were talking about in the 1989 episode, like I didn't realize how strongly she felt for, <laughs> for um, Harry Styles until the vault tracks. But like, that feels like a very serious, like I'll be getting over you my whole life feels like more than her, you know, three month to a year relationships to me. Okay. The chorus is really what made me think maybe it was about their current struggles. Uh-oh, I'm falling in love. Oh no, I'm falling in love again. Oh, I'm falling in love. I thought the plane was going down. How do you turn it right around? I think, like before, I just kept thinking that this was more of like a, she had, had been having such struggles in prior relationships and then, whoa, Joe is making her believe in love again. Like like meeting Joe and getting into it with Joe is making her believe in love again. But now I'm looking at this as like, was she falling in love with Joe again as they were breaking down their, as their relationship was breaking down, right? Like I, like I mentioned good nights or good days and bad days in their relationship as it was having constant like struggles for however many years was labyrinth built from those good days where maybe for the weeks prior she felt, Oh, he's ignoring me. He's, he doesn't want anything to do with me. Like blah, blah, blah. But then something sweet happens or they have a few really good days in a row where, uh-oh, I'm falling in love again. I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? Like, like how did you, I was thinking this maybe was the final straw, but here you are maybe showing up for me again or, or doing something that makes me remember how good we used to have it, which again could probably draw out or draw or make a breakup last way longer than it should. Um, it only feels this raw right now, lost in the labyrinth of my mind. Break up, break free, break through, break down. You would break your back to make me break a smile. This feels like, it only feels this raw right now, lost in the labyrinth of my mind. Break up, break free, break through, break down. Feels like her internal struggle, right? Like like her feeling all these feelings and thinking all these thoughts about how this relationship is falling apart and like, what am I going to do about it? Like, and And sometimes we overthink in our own brains, right? Like we maybe in her head, she's like, Oh, this is over. Like, I, I, like we can't, but she's not really maybe communicating that all to Joe, but then he does something that makes her remember. Okay. You, you do care about me. Cause I don't think it's ever a question of if Joe cared about her. Right. I think it's more of a, you, you got complacent with where we were and you got complacent around me and I'm going through all these thoughts lost in the labyrinth of my mind, break up, break free, break through, break down. Like, I think she was literally going through all of those thoughts of like, oh my God, it's over. And then, you know, he does something to turn it right around. I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? So now I do think maybe labyrinth was a song about literally the ups and downs of her relationship with Joe. Like every time she thought, okay, that's probably it. This is probably the last straw. There would be something good that kept it going or like a big fight and a break, but then something good happened and they were back and they had a good day. They were happy. I think that's what labyrinth is to me now. And then obviously the original thought I had of labyrinth that, you know, like, Oh, Joe made her believe in love again after all her other relationships now I think that's what I think of Labyrinth with Travis Kelsey, right? Like the original thought I had of Labyrinth and what it was about feels true to me now with her relationship with Travis Kelsey. The original reason she wrote it now to me feels like it was about 
just the constant ups and downs of her relationship with Joe and how every time she thought maybe that was it, that was the last piece. Oh, nope. We're back. Uh, so anyway, Labyrinth was honestly the biggest one that I was looking at, thinking about um, in terms of, in a whole new light, honestly, um, that it wasn't just about, it wasn't the initial stages of Joe and falling in love with him then. It, it's the fact that she might have been in the last months to years of her relationship with Joe falling in and out of love because of their, their struggles. I thought the plane was going down. How'd you turn it right around? I mean, what the heck? Um, so I'm going to skip karma because obviously karma does have the, uh, like to me, karma's probably, well, karma is really about her, but like, you know, karma is my boyfriend. Um, I think she probably wrote that in a good, in a good headspace. And so I'm going to, I'm going to skip it. Um, sweet. Nothing is so interesting now, mainly because Taylor herself might've given us a reference to sweet. Nothing, not being about Joe. And that, that came around the same time that, um, that Jack released (laughs) the you're losing me picture so we all know that taylor swift and paul mccartney know each other and did they did an interview together in rolling stone i think um kind of pandemic time so she knows paul mccartney sweet nothing she wrote with joe obviously um so all of us kind of assumed it was about joe so you're losing me comes out on streaming jack antonoff releases that it was written in 2021 taylor swift likes a tweet from 2022 when midnights came out that talks about specific lyrics in Sweet Nothing that remind them of an interview of Paul McCartney talking about his wife, specifically the you say what a mind kind of a thing. She liked that tweet literally in the last week or two, which is just adding fuel to the fire of some of the songs on Midnight's that we thought were about Joe and, and about their happy love, not being about him at all or or being about him, but but more so the sweet nothing was not right. Like, like she's implying, yep, that's where I, but maybe she's saying that's where I got the line from. That's what I thought of it. But to me, that was a pretty direct, you're right. Sweet nothing. I actually wrote about Paul McCartney and his wife. Um, and, and I think someone said that like the, the part about Wicklow, I guess Paul McCartney and his wife were in Wicklow at some point, but again, an interesting one for sure. Okay. So let's get into mastermind. Um, I think we all kind of have said that that seems to be about fans. Um, not really about Joe, um, and I, I do, you know, believe that. So let's get into the Great War. Um, this one's interesting to me because I think it definitely has always been a Joe song, right? Because she does reference being in the battles with him, like like going to battle with him and, and fighting through the war to become out happy. And again, and you're losing me, fighting in only your army front lines, don't you ignore me. Um, she references battles and wars <laughs> in her relationship with Joe, which is just kind of funny, I guess, now that you think about it. So this is, this one's weird again, like similar to Labyrinth where like at first I thought the Great War was battling through her, you know, silent year, that 2016 to 2017 pre-reputation, just like awfulness of the Kim and Kanye downfall. That's what I was thinking of the Great War for a while, but now I could again like it could take a different it could take a different term of some of this not necessarily being so old. Like they weren't fighting this battle so so long ago. Like maybe the Great War they're still or they were still in it. Like it's still something that was going on. Um 
sucker punching walls cursed you as I well and this is also why I think I kind of thought of it some of the lyrics in the great war almost felt like like to me if the great war was about the situation I thought it was about originally about going underground after Kanye he was the one that brought her out of it fought the battles with her uh whatever some of the lyrics feel a little bit too like not negative towards Joe I wouldn't really call it that but like my knuckles were bruised like violets, sucker, sucker punching walls, cursed you as I sleep talked, spineless in my tomb of silence, tore your banners down, took the battle underground. Maybe it was egos swinging. Maybe it was her flashes of the battle. Come back to me in a blur, like sucker punching walls, cursed you as I sleep talked. If this is a song directed towards Joe, that doesn't relate to the Kanye thing to me. Right. Um, or, or the, this, the battle underground did, but, um, maybe it was ego swinging. Maybe it was her. Like, is that a reference to her being insecure about somebody he knew? Like it, it just, and then all that bloodshed, crimson clover, uh-huh. Sweet dream was over. My hand was the one you reached for all throughout the great war. Always remember tears on the letter. I vowed not to cry anymore. If we survived the great war like this, all honestly, like, and I will preface it again, all speculation. We do not know anything and take this all with tons of grains of salt, like literally pounds of salt. Um, it's almost like maybe the first, you know, if their first few years were completely happy, like no problem, maybe there was a big event, right? Something happened that caused them to get rocky. And it's almost like this is what she's singing about in the Great War. The big fight that caused the first crack in the glass something happened they got in a huge fight and this this song was sort of about like if we can get through this I will be with you forever that's kind of what it feels like to me now that I think about it and now that I'm reading it in a different view of their relationship timeline maybe there was something they were on a break at some point and then this is sort of being like if we can get through this we can get through anything I vow not to cry anymore if we survive the great war like if we get through this we can do it. Like we can make it. So then you drew up some good faith treaties. I drew curtains closed, drank my poison all alone. You said, I have to trust more freely, but diesel is desire. You were playing with fire and maybe it's the past that's talking, screaming from the crypt, telling me to punish you for things you never did. So I justified it. This honestly sounds like someone who thinks their boyfriend is cheating on them. And then truly their boyfriend, probably not cheating on them, but they have so many insecurities of things happening in the past that they're projecting them onto their boyfriend and that's the reason they'll get into a fight or bring it up or, or be insecure about it you like he was trying you drew up, drew up some good faith treaties I drew curtains closed drank my poison all alone I wasn't having it you said I have to trust more freely like trust me but Diesel's desire you were playing with fire like is there somebody that was around that was threat like the her in the song like was there someone that she that, that Taylor felt insecure about in his life um Maybe it's the past that's talking, screaming from the crypt. Maybe it's because of her past experiences that she feels this way about something going on in their relationship and punishing you for things you never did. So I justified it. And then it kind of talks like, again, turned into something bigger. Somewhere in the haze got a sense I'd been betrayed. Your finger on my hairpin triggers, soldier down. Look up at me with honor and truth, broken and blue. So I called off the troops. That was the night I nearly lost you. I really thought I'd lost you. This feels like maybe her being like, yup. <laughs> you did something, you cheated, whatever it might've been, I'm done. And then maybe him find like, like she got a sense she'd been betrayed, like, but maybe him finally getting through to her that he's not, a, he's not a threat to her. He loves her. He trusts you. He, you can trust her honor and truth. Like, 
And then I called off the troops. That was the night I nearly lost you. I really thought I lost you. That's a huge line to me now that I think about it. Like one, maybe that was the night I nearly lost you. Were they basically almost broken up at a certain point? And then maybe Taylor was like, oh, hell no, I can't. I don't want this to end. Like I will get over my insecurities and be fine. Because then this could have totally altered the way they were in their relationship, right? Like if she was feeling like something was going on, she didn't trust him. And then she was building it up in her head to be this huge thing that that at the very end or or not at the very end, but like the to this point literally almost broke them up. Think about how much power that gives him afterwards. And again, maybe it's one experience, but think about how much power he then has to be like, you didn't trust me. You almost ended this because you were so like insecure about X, Y, or Z. Um, now it almost is like he has the higher ground in a battle, right? Like he can set like almost gaslight wine. She was drinking while she was drinking, losing me, like almost gaslight her into being like, oh, I don't know. Like into, into thinking you were the one that almost broke us up. You were the one that almost ruined this. I didn't do anything wrong. So like maybe then a lot of her fears about this relationship began to internalize because she no longer wanted to communicate them out because she almost lost him once because of it, that she would internalize them. And then that is when she would go through the highs and lows of their relationship. I don't know. This one, this one's weird now. I, I just like, we will never go back. Like, my hand was the one you reached for, like burned for better. I vow I would always be yours because we survived the great war. I vow I will always be yours. It literally is almost like she was lit- She would never break up with him, right? After maybe this fight that she maybe instigated or caused and that they almost broke up from that. So it was almost like maybe she was just like, no, I will never, ever initiate anything like this ever again. I, I will always be yours. And then who knows again, if this is my theory and this is what like the timing of this, like who knows how long then she was just kind of like, no, I will, I will not leave him. We're, we're good even in the bad times and like internalizing it and, and writing, you're losing me, probably never showing it to him, never putting it on an album because she's afraid to cause the pain again, that would break them up. And almost like, okay, now that I did that, you have to be the one to end it at some point because I, I will, (laughs) I vow I will always be yours. I don't know. It, it feels like a maybe it's I, for all my things thinking about that being early relationship, fighting through her trust issues from the Kanye, Scooter Braun, all that kind of stuff. I'm almost thinking maybe it, it wasn't that and it was more s- some sort of fight they were maybe continuing to have in their relationship and the Great War being almost that point that they couldn't return from it. And it almost ended them. That's, I guess, maybe not what I'm thinking about it. Since we know that they were struggling. Since we know that we were, they were struggling now. Um, I'm going to skip bigger than the whole sky. This song, I'm just going to say, seems to be the reason that Tree Pain, or all the Tree Pain and Dumois stuff, like, really irks me. Um, and so I'm going to skip bigger than the whole sky. And then really the only other one I would have mentioned in here is uh, probably, I already talked about Glitch, so... I think, again, it's maybe talking about how that relation, like her and Joe's relationship maybe was never really going to be more, but they re- they really loved each other. They really fell in love with each other and, and, and pushed to be something more than maybe it ever was intended to be. And then I think that's really 
Oh, and then I guess my only other thought with Dear Reader, I'm thinking of Dear Reader, is um, never take advice from someone who's falling apart. Like, I think this really hit home even when it first came out of like, we don't know what she's going through, right? Like, we don't know her struggles um, unless she's telling this, them to us in a song. But like, now when you think about it from the the fact that You're Losing Me was written a year and a half before the album, or a year before Midnight's even came out, a year and a half before they broke up, like or officially announced they broke up. Like she was falling apart. Maybe she was coming, like building herself back together. And maybe Joe was there in the good, like they were building back together as well in these times, but she clearly was hurting for a long time, for a long time. So I think that's kind of just one thing I thought about with dear reader and then hits different. I mean, hits different. It's crazy <laughs> to me again, hits different might be one that was written during a bad time. Maybe after their big battle, their great war. Maybe this was during a break, if they had a break. And, you know, she's upset about it. Because the one thing in Hits Different that always kind of confused me if I wasn't thinking about it in the context of Joe was, um, I hear your key turn in the door down the hallway. Is that your key in the door? Is it okay? Is it you? Or have they come to take me away? This one always confused me because she never lived with boyfriends that before Joe, like, especially, I mean, maybe Calvin Harris, right, would be the only one that could have potentially been um, a boyfriend she shared a key with in the hallway. Like, you know, so to me, it was like, oh, (laughs) this might have been after a big fight with Joe, or maybe they took a little bit of a break, like threw up in the street. Like, I don't know. Um, Catastrophic Blues, she does reference his blue eyes a lot in her song. So it definitely could be, uh, you know, a bad time with Joe. But yeah, the the key in the hallway thing really is what always made me th- be confused by hits different because it made me feel like, wait, I feel like she, the only person she ever lived with was Joe. So I don't know what this is, you know? Anyway. Okay. I'm done. I'm done looking at midnights again. I know, I know people get mad at speculation on, on different things because you know, whatever, but at the same time, like now that we got this little tidbit from Jackie boy, like I just felt like I needed to look at some of the songs on midnights again. And, and some of them seem different to me. Obviously I think the biggest ones being bejeweled labyrinth, the great war and hits different. I just feel those songs differently now. Um, and again, labyrinth, especially because of Travis, but, um, in terms of her context of when she wrote them and when they were released, they, they seem different to me now knowing when, when you're losing me was written. So yeah, I just, you know, listen to those four again. Well, not Bejeweled. We kind of all talked about it. Listen to Labyrinth, The Great War, and Hits Different. And see if maybe you're feeling the same way as I am. Because I'm kind of confused now. Um, and I just honestly feel really sad that You're Losing Me was written in 2021. Because it makes me sad that she was struggling for a while. Um, but at the same time, it makes me happy that we really do see her being happy or seemingly looking very happy right now and and happy in her current relationship. So I guess that's the good thing in it all. Like she was struggling for a while, but seems to maybe be in something that's really good for her. And and she, like she said on on the tour at one point, she's the happiest she'd ever been. And I think that's, I don't think that's gotten or that's really changed since Travis came into the picture. So hopefully our girl is happy now. Um, but it is just sad, but oh, shout out, but shout out to her being the Spotify global artist that started this whole drama this past week. I still can't believe all the stuff we were getting. That was so crazy. Um, next time we'll talk about probably 
more of the Travis Kelsey stuff, um, the Dumois versus Tree Pain stuff, um, and then anything Steph notices that I might have missed um, in my word vomit that this episode was. This is probably more of like a mini-sode. But anyway, um, I think I'm done, and you can pick all your things back up because I'm dropping my mic. Peace. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.